0: Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST.
1: Hi, everyone, and welcome to this week's Squiggly Career Podcast. I'm Sarah, one of the founders of Amazing If, and I'm joined by Helen, my co-founder Hello, everyone. And we're here with our usual weekly podcast to help everyone develop the skills that we all need in our increasingly squiggly careers. This week's topic is all about how to leave a job well. And I think in squiggly careers, this is probably going to be something we're all going to get quite a lot of practice of. (laughs) I was reading some stats today about just the changes in terms of the amount of transitioning that we're all going to go through. And there are some really interesting trends. So things like boomerang employees, which is where you work for a company. You go away, do various other things or go travelling and actually go back to that same company. At least 40 to 50% of people apparently now consider going back to somewhere they've worked before, which I think when I started my career, that was
0: almost unheard of. I hear it more and more now. I think it's really interesting. And I'd be tempted to do it, you know, with some of the kind of people that I've worked with before. You kind of take new skills back to you when you go. Actually, in my
1: new job, I work with Sainsbury's, who I used to work for, but in a different capacity. So though I've not quite boomeranged back to the same company, I am still kind of working with them and with some of the same people.
0: That's so interesting. That's definitely a reason why you need to leave well. To be honest, it's a
1: very good reason to leave well. So that's kind of one trend. Another trend is the amount of people who are likely to be self-employed at some point. So apparently that number is going to triple by 2020 to something like $42 people and particularly people of like the millennial generation mainly people sort of roughly in their 20s and 30s that will come from people being full-time employed but then actually choosing to be self-employed but might go back into being employed again so this idea of kind of dipping in and dipping out of different types of employment is going to be much more common so all in all this idea of we're going to be in one company and one job for a long period of time is just going to be very few people's reality and so actually having some top tips for leaving well, which is what we're going to talk through today, I think would just be something that we'll all experience with a lot more frequency. So we're going to talk through in a minute our five top tips. But it is worth pausing for thought today because it's really significant for us as Amazing If and for Helen because today was Helen's last day at Microsoft.
0: It was my last day at Microsoft. It's such a funny feeling. It's, um... Oh, did you feel sad? Yeah, I did feel sad. I'm so excited about basically everybody... If you've been following our podcast, you probably know this story. And if you're new, welcome to our story. I, just like Sarah, had a career in lots of large organisations for about 15, 16 years. And as of today, that I'm doing a career pivot and, and moving into Amazing If full time. I'm kind of putting a, a few other projects in as well. But primarily, it's all about Amazing If, which is a big, big change. And I'm so excited. We've got so many great things just around the corner with Amazing If. But it's also quite sad because I really liked... My team, I really like the people that I work with. I really believed in what Microsoft did. I love Microsoft products. There's so much stuff that I'm sad to leave but I really made a conscious decision that was the right thing for me and my career and I've done several other things that we will talk about in terms of leaving well that I think mean that I have left there very positively with some really strong relationships with a really positive reputation that I've left and I, I can feel proud of the impact that I've made and I think that's all part of how I have sort of left well in that organisation. We don't, I'm not sure we planned it to the, the day that we'd be recording this podcast no, about didn't leaving didn't. well on the day I was leaving but it is all very Apt. So yes, it
1: is. It is genuinely coincidental that we're doing it this evening on the day that you left. It was more. This was the one time this week we could record it. (laughs) (laughs) You're giving away all of our planning secrets. (laughs) Yeah, we gave you no time to like relax and enjoy. Having had probably you know quite an emotional last day, we're like, no, no, podcast time.
0: (laughs) Onto it. (laughs) So let's
1: start with our tips. So our first tip, and actually, I think this is probably of the five tips potentially the most controversial, but something that we've both done. I think it is contextual but the first tip is about being transparent about the fact that you're thinking about leaving I'm not saying this is something that works every time with every manager in every organization but certainly uh, when I left Barclays and moved to Sainsbury's I was very transparent with the person I was working for at the time that I felt that at some point in time I would like to do something different and I was very clear about the reasons why I wanted to do something different. It wasn't that I didn't enjoy my role, it was that I wanted to work in a different industry, a different type of experience and something that I knew I wasn't going to be able to get in that organisation. And actually I think because I was open and honest and because it wasn't that I was saying I want to leave right now or tomorrow, I suspect actually between having that first conversation and actually leaving, it was probably at least 18 months and actually, that individual who I worked for actually helped me with building my network, thinking through those opportunities. So actually, by the time I did leave, I really left for the right thing. And, you know, it's probably no coincidence I learned left and went to work for that company for another six years. So it was definitely the right move for me. I had definitely teed up that I was thinking about different opportunities rather than not saying anything and then it's a surprise I'm always personally I don't know if you find this Helen I'm always really disappointed if somebody who works for me resigns and I didn't know it was coming because I always think I want to create the kind of environment where people feel like they can have these sorts of conversations because it is just the reality of a squiggly
0: career I really agree with you I much rather know from my team and think I've created a culture where people are happy to talk to me about that partly because I think I can help them also just reflecting on that this is contextual I think what I have noticed is that earlier on in my career I didn't have the confidence to tell people that Mm. I was leaving so I sort of handed my notice in and what I learned was that people were really shocked and they were like, oh, we didn't realise you were unhappy or we didn't know that you were going to leave or why didn't you talk to us about this? And by the point that I'd had in my in, I'd already sort of mentally, if not contractually committed to the other option. And I'd Mm -hmm. never given the organisation that I was in a chance to provide me with an alternative. I think in every organisation I've worked with, that could have happened, actually. Doesn't mean I always would have taken it. But I think as I've got I don't know, more tenured, more experienced, worked in more places, whatever it is. And now I'm much more confident in saying, this is what I want to do next in my career. If there is an opportunity within this organisation to explore that, then fantastic. But I'm going to be really transparent, I'm also going to be exploring it in other places. For example, at Microsoft, I told my manager really early that, you know, in the next six months, this is my direction. My direction is amazing. If I'm totally committed to this organisation, let's work on what I'm going to achieve in this time. But that's where I'm going. If there are ways that we could look at my role and fitting the two in, then let's explore them. But that's my ultimate destination. So I kind of was transparent about where I was going, but also did give them an opportunity for, could there have been consulting or two-day-a-week opportunities or all that kind of stuff? Just your company is likely to value you, is likely to be cheaper to keep you as a highly productive worker than to go and recruit somebody from scratch that they don't know. And so give them the opportunity to come to you with some solutions because if you're going to leave anyway what have you really got to lose but I do appreciate there is a confidence element to that conversation and there's also a cultural element as well yeah definitely so that's the first one number two if you
1: are moving roles actually I think whether it's internally or leaving an organization anything you can do to help your team your manager with succession planning I always think shows a level of maturity understanding in terms of the impact that you moving on is likely to have on that individual and the team that you're part of thinking about how your handover might work this is a kind of slightly different scenario in terms of leaving the job but as I was going on maternity leave I remember actually talking to my boss at the time about the fact I was pregnant so I was very early days pregnant I was probably 12 or 13 weeks pregnant and already suggesting succession plans, because <laughs> that's very much the way um, I'm a real planner anyway. So the idea of planning really appeals to me. But I think because I was thinking, do you know what, this is something we can plan for. We we know this is a kind of eight month period where I'm likely to be at work. So we've probably got a six month window to sort this out. I could already see opportunities internally for people who might want to do the role that I was doing. And so actually simultaneously, as I was telling my boss I was pregnant, I was also going, and here's what I think some of those solutions might look like. And actually, she wasn't that surprised that I was kind of coming up with those solutions. But you could see that actually it is reassuring for people because people are happy for you that you're moving on to something that's important and right for you. But they're then left with a problem. And if you can help be the solution to that problem, then that's just an incredibly powerful and positive conversation.
0: Yeah, and I think as well, it has sort of positive ripple effects. So not only will maybe some of your senior stakeholders, your manager, their manager, look really positively on this because you will you know you'll be part of that process to find your replacement, which helps them out. Also, your team. It means that you're less likely to have a big gap in between you leaving and the and the replacement starting. So I do think. I almost see it as a bit of a duty of care. You know, I care about my team. I care about the people. For me, just to up sticks and go, see ya, you're on your own now until they find someone. That's just not something that I would intentionally do. I would always try to find somebody that I thought could work with my team and educate them about my team. It's what I've done at Microsoft, so my replacement helped. I've just been doing two weeks of onboarding with her to hopefully set her up for success, and hopefully to mean that the team are supported as I sort of transition out of the business. So yeah, it's really valuable to do. And I think you can also look at succession
1: planning externally. So if you're thinking, okay, well, there might not be somebody in your organisation who could do your role, think about where those people might be so you know whether that is other connections within your network so there might be people you know who would quite like to come and do the job that you're doing you might know industry events or you might use things whether it's like LinkedIn or the dots where you know they would be good places for your organization to find people a bit like you if they're looking for someone you know to kind of replace you like for like so even if you can't come up with a very specific name, because I appreciate that's not always realistic, what you can do is help to outline the plan for how you then get to that name, be part of that interview process. Um, You know, you know your job better than anyone else. So I can never quite understand it when people don't want to include the person who's done that job as part of that process. So you can proactively suggest that, you know, lead that plan, be part of that plan. And that's actually a really good additional experience
0: for you as well. So number three then on our kind of tips for leaving well, do a brilliant job until your very last day. The reason that we kind of say this is because it's quite hard to do it. It's very easy to hand your notice in. You're probably going to have a month's notice. You might have three months notice. It is very easy to just get a little bit, not disheartened, but distracted is probably a better word Um, during that time because you're so attracted by the thing that you're going to that sometimes the thing that you're still in can feel like it's holding you back and you might not want to be there, you might get negative um, and that just doesn't really serve you because ultimately you'd have to do that time in that role and it definitely doesn't serve your organisation. I mean it's such a waste if you spend all the time that you've been there being really positive and productive and a great team player and then The thing that people remember is how you were in the last month or how you were in the last three months when you weren't as engaged in meetings or you didn't reply to your emails. You don't want to affect your reputation with those kind of last moments. And my top tip for this, because I'm not immune to this, you know, I've been on three months' notice, Um, I'm not immune to the feeling of, gosh, this is quite a long notice period. (laughs) Um, And what I have found really helps to do a brilliant job until the day that you go is if you take some ownership for defining your deliverables during that time period so let's just say you generically say to yourself I'm just going to do a great job over the next three months of my notice period so much stuff can come up in those three months that you can end up working on lots of different things and you're not really moving anything forward I find it's much better to say and it's exactly what I have done these are the five things I'm going to deliver before I go so maybe it's I'm going to recruit my replacement if that is a feasible thing to do in the time that you've got I'm going to finish those plans I'm going to set this thing up whatever it is and then you've got to make sure your manager agrees you can't just go so there you go Like you've got to take that as a proposal to your manager but if they agree to it they might have you know, they might add some more things to it they might change it that becomes a much more concrete thing that you can deliver against in a what is now a finite period of time that gives them some confidence because they're really clear about what you're doing it makes you feel positive because you can almost tick those off as you go through and it just seems more defined and accurate and ultimately then it helps you to kind of leave happy because you know you've done a good job they know what job you've done and it's just a little bit neater than if you just generically go yeah I'm just going to do all my normal job for a couple of months and then I'm just going to have you know I happen to leave on a Wednesday or whatever it is.
1: Yeah, and I think my build, and it's sort of a separate point, so our kind of next top tip really relates to that doing a brilliant job. I always recommend that people take a break once they finish a job before starting the next one. And I think if you know you're taking a break, then it's easier somehow to do the brilliant job until the last minute because you can kind of put everything into it and then think, I know I've got a bit of headspace to just stop, reflect and kind of breathe and kind of almost like reboot before starting something new. And again, I appreciate that that doesn't always work for everyone. Sometimes you do need to finish a job on a Friday and start on a Monday. But even if it's just you're finishing a job on a Wednesday and starting on a Monday, I think that can make a really big difference. Whereas if you're working right to that last moment, that's a really hard thing to do. And on that particular point, I would think about at what point do you stop sort of doing the work and does your focus shift to handing over the work? And this is a mistake I think probably I've made before and I've, I see people make quite regularly. They are really committed to their job but what they do is they just keep doing their job in the same way they've always done it right yeah. to the last minute. You almost forget, yes, but on Monday that's not going to be you and you know if your replacement's not there yet, which very rarely do you get the really perfect scenario of the new person's turned up you've done a really brilliant handover and off you go that that doesn't happen all that often I wouldn't say perhaps it will a bit more in the future as people get more used to kind of managing these transitions more proactively I think you almost need to say to yourself a week out right from now on I'm in real handover mode and actually my job now is to set everybody else up for success when I won't be here and that becomes your final delivery and whether that's a week before you leave or a month before you leave depending on the sort of work you do. But I think just change that mentality in terms of what doing a brilliant job looks like. Make sure you're doing that really good handover. And because, you know, people will forget, because everyone's sort of busy doing their own jobs. And then suddenly, two days before, it's not other people's accountability to make sure all the handovers happen. But if you've done all of that and then you've just taken a little break, I think at that point, you yeah, then you'll feel really good about leaving and really excited about starting your new role.
0: And my build on that, Sarah, is when you said tell yourself that you're in handover mode. I would really suggest telling other people that you're in handover mode and also conscious that we've talked about leaving and we might have implied it's always about leaving your company. It's not always about that. Often this can be about moving for internal roles. When I was at Eon, I moved roles and it wasn't an ideal move for the manager that I was leaving. I'd basically come in to do a job and relatively quickly had moved on to another internal job, which was not planned, but it was where I could basically create more value for that organisation. So it sort of waited for me for my notice period. I'd come in for like three months and then I was going and he was trying to keep me because I was leaving him with a hole basically and the other manager needed me to work in his team and so I carried the two job thing for too long and it got to the point, you know, it was it, the old manager sort of was saying, well, two days in this and three days in the other one and it started like that but then it got to a point where it just wasn't working for anybody and it wasn't working for me and I just had to be really explicit and say... I'm going to work for you and do these things until the first of this month and then I'll move into handover mode and I'm fully off this business by this date because ultimately they didn't, well he particularly didn't want to, to make a hard date by it but I had to and so... I do think it is useful if you can, those different phases, I'm going to plan what I'm going to do for my deliverables and then on this day I'm going to move fully into handover mode. I think if you can be confident to articulate that to other people, it does set their expectations about what they're going to get from you. They probably don't want you to leave. And they probably still have lots of stuff they would like you to do and you might need to put a few boundaries around that.
1: And so our last top tip for leaving well, which I think is absolutely critical within squiggly careers, and it's probably always been important, is making time for your network and investing in your network before you leave your current job, because you'll take those people with you. Just because, you know, somebody's maybe been your manager in one capacity, that doesn't then mean that then they can stop playing a supportive role, I guess, in your career. It might be that they just move to be a mentor, or they might just move to somebody who you have an occasional chat or a coffee with, or you end up still seeing industry events because you're, you've kind of stayed within the same industry. For me, this has been so powerful. There have been probably at least a handful now of people where every time I've moved roles, I've really made time to speak to them before I left, but then actually when I was in my new roles, still spend time with them because actually they've been incredibly valuable to me in my career, given me brilliant advice and actually often looked for opportunities on my behalf. So they're people I wanted to keep investing in And so just making that time in terms of thinking, who might I not naturally spend time with during my last four weeks or three months, you have to almost make a conscious effort to think about, I need to put some time aside for these people because... Otherwise, it'd be really easy for me to leave and I wouldn't have spent any time with them. Live
0: example from today. So people kind of got wind that this was my last day in the office and started putting quite a lot of coffees in my diary today. I was messaging (laughs) Sarah like, (laughs) yeah, I had a lot of coffee today. And um, I was thinking, you know, my priority today is to make sure my replacement has everything she needs. And I should be spending all of my time doing that and making sure everything's neat. And so a couple of them came into my diary and I thought, look, I'm going to have to decline these. And it was just a bit of an assumption that I couldn't do both today. And I thought, no, these people people I did check I was like do you need to talk to me about work because if it's work you could speak to my replacement now I've set her up and then a lot of people today were like no 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 we want to talk to you about some other stuff more personal (laughs) stuff and I thought I should make time for that because a I might be able to help them you know maybe that's a relationship that's really um something I want to keep for the future I'm confident that I can The other stuff that was on my to-do list I thought I could do I almost did say no because I was like oh I haven't got time to do the coffee chat today and I thought actually no that is a part of leaving a job well is to nurture those relationships that you want to take with you and that was the right thing to spend a chunk of my time today doing that
1: yeah and I think if you've done a really good job of that I was just thinking then there's some really practical things that sometimes then you need from your network so actually in the early stages of you know if you've got a new role sometimes your next employer might want a reference from your current manager once your current manager is aware that that might happen you might want a reference from that manager. So you might want something like a LinkedIn recommendation. And that's one of the things that I've actually done really consistently is as I've left jobs, I've then often gone back to people who I've worked with, who've been in my team and said, can you just do a brief summary for me, whether that is on LinkedIn or just a reference so that I've got at that moment in time, people who knew me really well, sharing their perspective on the value that I added in that role. Because if you ask people, a year or 18 months down the line, it's quite hard for people to remember the specifics. Whereas, actually, if you ask them a month or a couple of months after you've left, or if you tee it up before you go and say, ''Oh, would you mind doing that? It'd actually be really helpful.'' I think a lot of people would do that as long as, again, they've had a positive experience. If you finish your job brilliantly, it means that you can ask for those little favours that actually can be really useful for you.
0: And can I add something that is isn't on our top five? One thing, if you're leaving, that I think is a nice thing to do is your closing email. Now, I do think it is a nice thing to send a closing email to say thank you to people and you can select who's going to be on there. So I will send one to my leadership team, for example, and then I send one to my team and I thank them very specifically for the contribution they've made to me and what I've learned from them. I think that's a really nice thing to do. I have also seen people's leaving emails where they make barbed comments in the leaving emails. Just don't yeah. do that. Even if there is something that's irritating you, just don't do it. It's not worth it. Leave well and send that email with positive sentiment. And then my flip side to this, something that I got today. So off the back of my leaving well email where I sent positive sentiment I got some lovely emails back and one very specifically that I won't read out because you don't need to know all the detail and I haven't asked the person but I think it's such a nice thing if someone is leaving almost how you can help them to leave well this email that I got today it said like oh wow where to start Helen I will miss your and then it put five things so I just read like optimism and it said you enter a room with a smile and positive energy every day and there were five things that this person had taken the time to get specific and they're really specific they're not just going you're a nice person they'd said something about my fashion and that I'm, i've always I'm like i've always had matching things or whatever but it was such a nice thing to do for someone so if someone's putting all this effort into leaving well then do you know what that's something that you can do for them is just to take a couple of minutes and to recognize them and the contribution and be really specific about that to them it's a very nice warm fuzzy feeling that will last long after their last day in the office <laughs>
1: In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. So shall I just summarise those five top tips? Number one, be transparent about the fact that you're leaving, if you can. Number two, succession planning. Be involved in that process, lead that process, think about how your handover might work. Number three, do a brilliant job until the last day, because people will remember that. Define what a brilliant job is, and then to help yourself, stay motivated for doing that brilliant job. Number four, try and take a break before your next job. And number five, make time to invest in your network, because you'll take them with you. And then Helen got some cheeky ones in there. Make sure you've got recommendations, referrals, whether it's for CVs, references, etc. LinkedIn. Send that final email with enough time to sort of say thank you. Be really positive about that. And then if other people are leaving, reciprocate and let people know the value that they've added. Because that's a, a small thing that you can do that will probably be worth its weight in gold for that person.
0: And if you want to read more about this, there's a really good resource on Harvard Business Review and the article title is How to Quit Your Job Without Burning Bridges. So that might be um, something else that you would like to have a read of. And next week, we're going to be talking about creativity so it's a topic that we've not covered um but we're not going to be talking about the art of design or that kind of lens on it we're going to be talking about how you can be creative at work in a more everyday sense so it's almost sort of like creativity every day for everyone democratizing creativity we'll talk about um creative problem solving creativity in meetings all kinds of different things but how you can almost get a bit practical about it so that is next week's topic if you ever have any ideas for topics we love to hear about them we're really happy to cover them Either as a q a Q&A session or as a whole theme so you can always send those to us best place for that probably is on email that is get in touch at amazing if.com we are also very active in other places too so we're on twitter where we're at amazing underscore if we generally post links to things that we're reading there and we are also active over on instagram where we're just at amazing if you can see a little bit more of the reality of our lives on instagram where we post <laughs> uh, pictures of all kinds of things that are going on for us uh, what have you put on there this week sarah your kickboxing or some kind of boxing class
1: so there's an article that i'm sure we have referenced on a previous podcast called the corporate athlete but it talks about the importance of to be brilliant at work you have to be physically mentally spiritually active and happy basically got to look after all the different parts of yourself and i often find sometimes the busier i am the more I forget to do things like particularly kind of on the physical side. So I'll either start eating really badly or I stop doing exercise. But I know that if I do those two things really well, I have more energy. So as part of my current staying fit and healthy through autumn, I'm trying like different exercise classes every week. And this week was boxing. And I don't know what I thought was going to happen, but I think I imagined it was like fake boxing But actually, I got in and you put on actual boxing gloves and actually hit pads, which shocked me and has left me 24 hours later in a lot of pain
0: head to our instagram page if you want to see different forms of sarah's exercise which i think so far we've had dancing yoga netball and boxing or uh daily career tips on instagram stories it's an eclectic mix of stuff (laughs) Um, so i think we will leave it there this week thanks so much for listening being part of the community we really value it and we'll be back with you next week everyone take care bye bye everyone